Hello everyone, I am Marcibel and this is the Marcibel Podcast. Welcome back to the More Simple Podcast. This is a concluding episode of my interview with Dr. Tom. We talked about brain drain and its impact on the healthcare industry and the Nigerian economy overall. In this concluding episode, we provide some tips on how to begin with better policies at addressing the problem. Well, this will be the show. Enjoy. I do have kind of like a question, but back it up with a statement. So according to the WHO, for any country to be deemed to have enough doctors for its population, it should have one doctor for every 600 persons. Right? And I did the math before now. That means that Nigeria needs about 275,000 doctors to meet that WHO standard. As it currently is, we don't have that number. We have this annual I want to say 75,000 doctors. So we're already short of doctors in the world. Now, of those 75,000, we have about 46% of those people living in the country. Is it that we don't have a lot of doctors going to medical school? What could be responsible for that shortage if we're not meeting the WHO standard? Uh, well, they're not enough medical schools and the medical schools that are available they have a limited number of doctors that they could train and even when they have to train that limited number there is already a stretch of facilities Uh, back when I trained I I remember when I was in medical school I can't remember how many of us that were sharing one cadaver in the uh, anatomy but we're quite a lot and the people that were teaching us then were telling us that when they were in school, they were four students to a cadaver. Comparing that time, I mean, that was like at least 10 years. Okay. Okay. So I'm just giving that as a, a simple example. But even the accommodation in the hostels were affected. In the 80s, when people were in their medical school, they had one to two people in a room then. And now you get like four to six people sharing that same room. The facilities in the hostels quickly got overcrowded, overcrowded overused. The facilities were always breaking down the toilets. Not well maintained. Yeah. Not well maintained. Uh, even the... And of course, you need funds to maintain all that for, you know. And then over time, people, they were pressured on medical school to take more people that they could properly train. Um, so that pressure, I don't know how it's panned out over the years, but I know that that pressure was there then. And of course, when people get admitted to medical school, there were a lot of weeding out in the first two years, yeah. you know, simply because the people were too much and then they, they weren't exposed to the right environment. It wasn't easy to be able to train that many people. So by the time people are getting to clinical class, it would have been well weeded out. Mm. You know, true, some people may not have become, they might not have had the material to be doctors, but Again, you have to also consider that what if the environment was just not conducive? Yeah. I've heard of a couple of colleagues that were weeded out of medical school here, uh, but I mean, back home in Nigeria, and then they traveled, they traveled to the UK, US, where did they uh, have restarted Excel, Blossom, because the environment changed. It brings me again to say this thing, that the environment, uh, you would have heard of many doctors back in Nigeria that were struggling and then they get to a different environment and, and they Blossom. Yeah. When people Blossom and when you hear of people that are doing well outside the country, you'll be motivated you to leave as well. Yeah. So, bring back to the question, number of graduates, maximum 75,000. Yes. It will take tens of years I think I, I once did the math, I can't remember. It, should, it may take up to 100 years yeah. to get made that target. 
that even if the population stays stays static, yeah. you know, um, we need more medical schools. We need more incentives to stay in the country. We need more incentive to stay, including making sure that there can be good quality of life for doctors. Yeah. And not just doctors, virtually every health care provider. In fact, not even just any health care provider. Yeah. If you had stayed, if the father had grown up in Kenya and never came to the U.S. Um, to marry and give birth to President Obama, the right environment, um, taking a cue from places like South Africa, a good number of people in South Africa are not trying to leave their country. They are not trying to leave. If you, I've had colleagues that um, they, whenever they apply to come to any of the Western countries, they get from South Africa. They get ten years visa. You know, they the people don't really go. They don't leave. They don't South. really need to leave. You know, so it brings me. So it's. I mean, that speaks a lot. If your environment is conducive enough, yeah, people will not leave. Yeah, um, good roads, power supply infrastructure, encourage the uh, private sector, government should step back in things that it should not be involved Evolving. in, um, um, make processes transparent, okay, uh, from infrastructure to even um, any anything that would affect the masses, make it quite transparent. People, the system will work. Nigeria will always be very rich. If you if you till the ground anywhere in Nigeria, something will come out. Yeah. If it's not oil, it is the gold. People. <laughs> if it's not gold, it is tin. If it's not tin, it is um, even crops. Yeah. It, we We're we rich. we've always had potentials, but we've not we've not harnessed the full Turned potential. Into something. You know, and then ultimately, even the most important potential of all is the people. Is the people. Yeah. We have. The, we're, the mo- we're still the most popular black nation in the world. In the world, yeah. And we, if you empower your people, again, take example from Japan. Yeah. For uh, you know Japan, if you empower your people, educate them. Yeah. Make them healthy. They will be productive. Citizens. They will be productive. Yeah. You will be. You will be. You will be self-sustaining. Yeah. And nations will want to come. Because it's value. And before you know, we start having a lot of foreign exchange. Um, trades and other countries want to tap into that boon in the economy. Thank so, you for that. Thank you for that. Um, I, I wanted to round off with these two points. You kind of mentioned that already about implementation of policies. So in 2014, the then president, Good Luck Jonathan, he signed a bill called the National Health Act and Section 11 of that act mandates that 10% of the basic healthcare provision fund to be spent on developing human resources for primary healthcare. But implementing that law has remained a hard nut to practice a bit. It hasn't been implemented. And you also said something about uh, empowering the people and making it very attractive enough. And I do have a, an example of what, a part of the world that has worked in, and that would be in South Korea. After the Korean War in the 1950s, prior around 1963, a lot of Koreans were sent by the government to West Germany, then to nurses and then the mine workers to work there and then they send their money back home. This is one of the factors responsible for what we call miracle of the Han River that helped build the economy back. And I also think that when we talk about brain drain as a negative thing, one of the things we fail to account is how much money Nigerians that are outside of the country 
send back home on a monthly basis to their family? And how much does that really help in building the economy? And I don't know what proportion of the Koreans that left for West Germany came back, but we do know what South Korea is like today as far as the economic prosperity they've really enjoyed. And most South Koreans that I meet here, they come here to study, and just a very few of them stay behind. Most of them want to go back home because home is you know, somewhere attractive to be. And, and I, like you rightly said, I'm sure most Nigerians also want something to go back home to. So I think the government making it very, I want to say, attractive enough for people to go back because people do really want to go back and um, transparent policies and how we can just empower people. Because if I feel like what I'm doing is adding to aid in the economic development, I want to go back. I want to be a part of something. But I think most Nigerians just feel like the government isn't working for them. And you can even see that in like the survey that I mentioned earlier. Nigerian doctors said some percent of of them believe that the government is unconcerned in mitigating the challenges facing medical doctors in Nigeria. If you have almost nine out of ten doctors having that belief that the government doesn't care about them and basically they're just left to their own devices, I mean, that's not encouraging enough. So I think to wrap this up, there's so many factors that are responsible for brain drain, but the solutions to start with us implementing policies and make the economy, you know, attractive enough, not just for doctors, but for the average, for average Nigerian. Yeah. Yeah. Any final thoughts, um, Dr. Tom, before we round off with today? Uh, well, uh, what I just, I mean, just a summary of the, of my, my thoughts, which is that we need, once we can have the right environment, yeah. all we need is the right environment, yeah. doctors and we would we would not even think about going out. Oh. You know, I've met a lot of doctors across all specialties and at different levels of uh, practice. And the, every a good number of people actually chose not to leave the country. Oh. They had the opportunity, but they, in a self-sacrificial manner, feeling like they need to at least help with the help of people. Yeah. They decided to stay behind. Yeah. And um, they face a lot of struggles, a lot of challenges every day. Yeah. And I commend them. I respect them. I, I was like that. And I, I, even though I'm not in the country now, a part of my heart is still there. Yeah. And I hope that sometime in the future, I will be able to add my experience here and I would be able to use it to add value back home. Yeah. And I know that this reflects most the value of most doctors that are in the diaspora. Yeah. And I dare to say even most of that specialties. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that's just it. Create the right environment and people people blow them. Yeah, it's like that value thing. Once you add value to yourself, people just they're attracted to value. You can translate that to something as macro as the as the economy of Nigeria. Thank you for that, Dr. Tom. It was really nice having you on our podcast today. And I hope it was enjoyable for you as well. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Nice. And now we'll move to the, I call it the Mardi Gras section. What was the most ridiculous thing you heard today? Um, well, I've. Uh, Again, well, it's about my dear country. I couldn't believe it, but it just sounded funny that a snake would um, swallow 
36 million. Well, for some of you that are listening, that might not be aware, there's something happening in our country, Nigeria, currently, where in a, the government, yeah. was it like a, like a jam, which is like the, a big... Yeah, the board exam board to exam. enter the university. Which is a big one, kind of like your SAT, ACT mm-hmm. here in the U.S., and allegedly, a huge snake, I don't know what <laughs> variety it was, maybe it was a boa constrictor yeah. or a python, made away with 300... 36 million. 36 million naira. <laughs> wow. And if we're to put that in dollars, that's about... Mm, uh, like a hundred thousand dollars. That's a very fat snake. <laughs> Snakes, snake lives matter. <laughs> that's ridiculous. <laughs> so, again, let's see how that pans out. The the way money disappears and people come up with uh, ridiculous explanations. It's going to be a slap that. on the wrist. Like, we know how, you know, there was a case of the monkey that, that yeah. ate a lot of money as well. It's just a slap on the wrist. Well, I, I'm trying not to be cynical here, but I know, I, I, I one of the things that, that I'm hopeful about is that I, I, at least I know a good number of people that are beginning to decide that they want to go into politics, decent people, decent people that I know that are are considering uh, their own, have already started their own, in quote, tea party, tea party groups that want to make sure that they change the status quo, you know, when we, so when you have decent people, visionary people, people that want to make a difference, once you have a a large enough number, yeah, a herd of people, a pack of people, they they will go and try and put in the right things in place and demand accountability and ensure that uh, laws are put in place that will encourage the thriving of people and not take the people for a ride. And once that starts happening, it's happening in pockets. I'm encouraged right now because as the elections come up, People are, are beginning to hear of more people that are getting sick of the status quo. I see. People that want to go and make a difference. I think it starts at the community level, maybe from a local government chairman. I know you're going up the ladder, yeah. becoming a, a governor, and then hopefully that can rise up to the presidency level. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, in fact, I, just a quick example. I had one, I, one of my, the medical students that I used to take in tutorials when I was doing my residency. I met him sometime before I left the country and he was at the level, he told me that he had gotten involved in the local government, he had taken, he had got registered with a political party, he goes for their meetings, he he, he realized that a lot of, that these are the, pe- the people that lead us, the people that determine our lives are people that are, have little or no knowledge about what is happening who just want to go and And enrich themselves. So when people are having meetings now, he's there and he's making sense. And before I left the country, it was telling me that people will keep quiet and listen whenever it's time for him to speak. That's a good indication. And that's for him as a doctor. And I've heard some other doctors, some other healthcare personnel are getting more involved because it's getting more, you know, and... Some of us just don't, that's not just our field. Amen. You know, it's just not our field. So we can be the God, the Godfathers. If we could, that's what we would have done. Yeah. You know, and not just that, I know an engineer is going for governor in one of the states now. He's preparing. Yeah. He, so he's educated. His way of thinking yeah. and his experiences is shaping him. That's and, good. You know, I'm hearing, I've also heard of a doctor that wants to contest as a president. You know, people are getting tired. And that is encouraging. 
you know, I, I, I would like to close by saying it's better, I like to quote an old Chinese proverb, it's better to light a candle than to cross the darkness. Mm. So, uh, a little thing goes a long way. Yes. So, whatever value, I'm speaking to us in the diaspora now. Um, I, I don't want to talk about the things I'm doing that is adding value or, or, already, but I mean, I've, I'm trying not to forget home, and I would like to encourage everyone to always think rather than hear the news and just complain and say, oh, be cynical. Think of something, light a little candle. Never know. Look for a family member who knows someone. If all your family members, they are all comfortable, get someone, adopt the person from here. Add value, educate someone, create a job somewhere, use your resources. Or invest in small businesses. Invest in small businesses, get the equity, do something that in your own, to try to change the story in Nigeria. Oh. You know, yeah. and even if the whole picture doesn't change, it's one, life. one life gets changed. One a group of people yeah. create something and employ a group of people. Yeah. And if all of us do that, then the effect will be astronomical. It will be ex- exponential Very over true. time. You know, I, it just saddens me that people, many people, leave the country and don't want to look back. Yeah, I wouldn't blame them though. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. I mean, it, 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 I, I wouldn't blame them, I agree. But over time, once you reach a level of self-determination, pick something, pick look a back. little project, yeah. look back, pull someone up, add their value. You never can tell. You could be raising the next president of Nigeria or anybody that will make a difference. Okay? Thank you for that. And I think that concludes the end of our podcast today. Uh, have a lovely week ahead, Dr. Tom. Thank you very much. Uh, Thank you for having me. That was it, folks. Today we heard from Dr. Tom, a foreign medical graduate based here in the U.S., currently doing his residency. He brought a lot of experience to today's podcast episode and hopefully sent a message that will inspire others like you and me. For those of us that have left our home country and are currently making lives outside of where we call home, I hope this episode serves as a reminder and also an inspiration that there's a lot we can do like tiny drops in an ocean, our impacts can go a long way in changing the narrative of our home countries. Dr. Tom talked about when we reach our level of self-determination to look back and think about how we can add value. He gave examples of either investing in a business back home, finding somebody and adding value to them. It could be sponsoring their education or even getting them textbooks or checking up on them once in a while and guiding them through their career. It could also be mentoring someone in your field. So never think that your impact wouldn't count. It just takes one life to be changed and you'd never know what geometrical progression that can have. It's also one of the reasons why I started this podcast, to create a platform so we can talk about ways to inspire one another and also keep telling our stories with the hope of making our country better. I remain your host, Monsibel, and this was the More Sibyl Podcast. I look forward to talking to you soon. Bye.